Within our scripture reading, we've witnessed a post-resurrection conversation between Peter and Jesus. Now, previously, Peter had pretty much told Jesus that he would follow him to the ends of the earth, that he would die for him. However, when confronted during the time of Jesus' trial and subsequent crucifixion, Peter has three moments which he denies his relationship with Jesus. In our scripture this morning, Jesus has risen from the grave, and after a time of fishing with Peter, a few of the other disciples, he sits and has a meal together. And these are the words that we'll be looking at this morning in John 21, 15, and 17. If you could open up a file uh, for your Bible apps or whatever and join in with me in this reading, that would be awesome. If not, I completely understand. But John 21, verse 15 to 17, it says, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. So Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him this third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Last week, we began our journey through three life-changing words, statements within the Bible and statements that Jesus tells us that can change our lives, change the lives of our community, and change the world. This morning, we look at the words, feed my sheep. Within this narrative, what we are doing is discovering just what is going to happen with the church after Jesus' ascension. Peter and the church are tasked with feeding Christ's sheep. Now, before we go too far uh, in this moment of dialogue between Peter and Jesus, I do want to take a moment and, and understand the background that has led up to this conversation. Now, I don't feel it's a stretch to say that Peter is not in this moment in his best place in his faith. He may be dealing with, with great regret, and I'm sure with many thoughts of guilt. Now, I, I see here within Scripture three times that Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? And there was three questions before Jesus' death where Peter was crushed and, his, and he was defeated. Three times he was asked, do you know Jesus? And three times Peter replies, I don't know him. And here we are after Jesus' resurrection, and three times Jesus asks, do you love me? And he's using this to build Peter back up. Jesus here is speaking of an all-encompassing godly love, an agape love, if we look at the Greek. But when Peter replies, if we were to read it in the Greek, he responds with a friendly, brotherly love, a philia love. 
He cannot return the love that Jesus speaks of or has for him. But he returns what is the best love he can offer in those moments, a love, a brotherly love, a brotherly care. And on the third time, Jesus accepts what Peter can bring, what Peter can offer. And I love that, that, that even in moments where we, we give what we can give in those times, I believe Jesus welcomes and accepts it. But I also believe that he works within us to grow us and to work with us so that we can learn what agape love really is. You see, perhaps in this moment, you are stuck in a time of guilt. Maybe you have regret or you have pain over your sin right now. Maybe there's something that you just cannot forgive yourself over. I believe Jesus asks all of us this question. Do you love me? Do you know me? Do you know what I did for you? When we answer these questions, even if we answer it with the filial love like Peter does, we get to walk in forgiveness. We get to experience the truth. And then we get to share that forgiveness and that truth with others. You see, Jesus asks two times if Peter loves him with that agape love. And on the third time, he asks for a filia love. He meets Peter where Peter is at. No matter where we are in our journey with God, no matter where we are in our faith, he meets us where we are at. Jesus was not being forceful here. He was building Peter up in love. Peter is, is in sorrow and guilt, and Jesus is taking him, taking Peter where he is at, taking this sorrowful individual and building him up and preparing him for the road that is ahead. Each time Peter answers, Jesus prepares him. Each time Peter responds, Jesus says, then feed my sheep, tend my sheep, care for my people. If your love is true, then take on this calling that I have for you. Your salvation has been brought and has been bought by me. This is what Jesus is saying. Live out your love and your faith by growing in faith yourself and sharing it with the rest of my creation. You see, there is life changing in this statement of words. There is life-defining words happening right here. Not just for Peter but for us and for all of history that goes past this moment. In this time of history, feed my sheep, those three words were going to change everything. In those words, Jesus outlines what discipleship is going to be about. That Jesus feeds us and nurtures us and brings us up. And that as we grow and as we experience Jesus, we then go out and we feed others. Feed my sheep. That is life change happening in those three words. If we welcome and accept it like Peter did.
You see, love is an active exercise. In our love for God, we go out and we feed his sheep. The feeding or the tending of his sheep. Jesus is saying, don't just go teach and take care of the church, but go to all my sheep, those who are saved and those who are lost. All of our neighbors, all of our family, all of our friends are the sheep of Jesus. So let's break this down a little bit. This word feed. What are we feeding ourselves? What are we feeding others? Are we sharing or are we feeding people the wrong thing? the wrong message? Are we more caught up in, in irrelevant discussion and issues? Perhaps we're being fixated on political issues or, or maybe religious issues. Maybe we're, we're more prone to just popular culture or gossips and false truths. What are we feeding ourselves? What are we allowing ourselves to be nurtured by? What are we allowing to come into our life and shape us. And then in that, what are we showing others? Maybe we are only feeding ourselves and others a false view of God in the hopes of creating an empty feeling of happiness and entertainment. Do we live lives where we are speaking the truth and sharing the truth? Or are we milking or watering down the gospel at the hope to fill our church buildings? To make people feel a false sense of happiness rather than the true joy that is found in Jesus Christ. We are called, each and every one of us who call ourselves followers of Christ, to be in this world, but not of the world. To go in and to feed the sheep. Some of what Jesus teaches is countercultural. God cares for your character, not your comfort. A, a, a wise pastor, my, my first pastor, used to say that many times, and it has really grasped me every time I think of it. So often we think in feeding ourselves, we're, we're looking for, for comfort food. We're looking for junk food, for nourishment isn't really the, the idea there. But we need to take care of our bodies, we need to take care of ourselves, we need to take care of our spiritual well-being and help feed others and understand that it's not always about comfort food, but it's about character-building nutrients strengthening us, our faith, our love, and our belief. We cannot give up truth for numbers or for popularity. How do we shepherd these people around us? How do we feed others? We must first feed ourselves. We, we, have to, we have to know and experience God in our lives and allow his, his food and his truth to enter our lives. But then we have to set good examples and live out the love of God that is found within us. We have to grow in the fruit of the Spirit and feed off what God gives us. We have to show our love and feed the sheep of Jesus Christ by visiting and caring for those who are close to us. 
We have to live a life that is unashamed of Jesus and the gospel. We have to go out helping our neighbors. Right now, we are in a tense situation in the world and in our community and in our culture. And rather than stepping back, we need to say, how do we continue? Even if we have to be creative and a little more unique and try new things, how do we serve those in need? How do we help our neighbors? How do we make sure that we are feeding ourselves and that we can feed others? And through the technology and what we're doing right now, that's just one way that we are trying to make sure that we are still being spiritually fed. And yet, sometimes I believe feeding God's sheep can literally be meeting a need. Meeting someone's need for food or for clothing or for companionship, friendship. Here in, in Windsor and in West Hants, I have, I have spoken with, with leaders within our community, and one of the things that always comes up when we talk about a need or, or what's a pain, what's a hurt in our community, it is loneliness. We've lost community and neighboring. Can we feed Jesus' sheep by being a presence, by being an ambassador of Christ, by being his hands and feet in the lives of those around us. Matthew 25 says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Feeding his sheep can mean meeting the needs of those around us. Peter gives us these words that relate to feeding his sheep in 1 Peter 4.11. If anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength that God provides them so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So we must feed ourselves. Watch what we bring in, what we allow into our lives and watch what we feed others with. That's the feed. But what about my? Feed my sheep. You see, it's not all about us. We are God's. When we serve, we serve for the glory of God. We allow God to work through us. Right now, my daughter Abigail is, is going through this, this age and this, this mindset that she needs to remind her sister every time they get together to play what is hers and what is Lily's. So I will be upstairs reading or doing something and I could always hear, you know, either up in the bedrooms or downstairs, Abigail telling Lily, you know you're playing with this doll, but I just want you to know that that is my doll, that that, 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 that still is my doll. I want you to know that, that I am, now this is me really embellishing, but you know, I want you to know that I am being a good sister by letting you use or play with my stuff. And I've been trying to have to teach Abigail that it is, it is great to share, but you don't need to remind everybody of your 
sharing and of your compassion or remind Lily every time what's hers and what's not hers, but that we can share everything together. You see, the my is not just this church or, or those who presently call themselves his disciples. When we say this is my church, yes, this is a place that I call home, but I understand that it is God's church. When I go and, and I do ministry or I, or I try and help somebody, I understand it's not me going, I just want you to let you know that it's me that's showing you this compassion. I just want to remind you that I visited you. I just want to let you know that it was me that thought to call you. No. Generally, when I am I'm serving or ministering, I just want God to have that glory and know that we are in this together. It is not a level of selfishness or trying to draw attention to look at me and look at the love and compassion that I have, but instead it's look at the way God is using me. You see, it's not us. We're not feeding our sheep or feeding our desires or doing our will, but it's his will. Feed his sheep, the sheep of the Lord. Each and every person that we come in contact with is his creation. The my is not me. It's not you, it's his. Each person deserves to be a witness to the love and truth of God. The my is not just the church or not just those who presently call themselves disciples, but it is everybody. When he says feed my, it's not a select few, but it is all his creation. I mean, it's, it's like the lost sheep. The sheep that are found are still his sheep, but he goes out looking for the lost sheep. The ones who are safe, the ones that are here, are still his sheep, still loved by him. But so is the one that is lost. When he says, feed my sheep, he says, yes, do care for the 99, but go searching for my sheep, my one that's lost. But we're stubborn. We are like sheep. It says in Isaiah 53, verse 6, we are like sheep. We've, we've all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We all are like sheep, and we are stubborn in that way. Sheep in, and, and shepherding is a common theme and metaphor used within the Bible and the Word of God because it's, it, it, it gives such a great illustration of who God is, who Jesus is towards us, and who we are, that we can be stubborn like sheep. But you see, Jesus died for his creation, for his sheep. It says in John 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That is what Jesus has done for us, for all of creation, for you and for I. And whether you know it or not, your shepherd has laid down his life for you to bring you into relationship with his heavenly father, to reunite you with him, to offer you guidance and direction in life, whether you're facing trials or challenges or whether you are celebrating in joy. We have guidance in God. Psalm 23, a very popular passage begins, The Lord 
is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. John Wesley shares six ways of, of staying in love or walking closely with God, feeding ourselves and, and helping feed others. So I, I just want to share these, these six spiritual disciplines just rather quickly. Six spiritual disciplines are ways to grow or be fed. And the first is to attend regular public worship. And it's kind of interesting that this one comes up just in the situation that we are in in our community and culture. But this is a regular time of public worship to the best of our abilities in these moments. And I pray uh, God's miraculous intervention at work and that we will be able to gather together publicly uh, sooner rather than later. But we must continue to have regular worship in community and with a personal time with God. We must have the Lord's Supper, that memorial dinner as we are reminded of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us and the hope and the truth and the joy that it brings with us. We also are to have private and family prayer. Talk to God and let him talk to you. Number four is to search through the scriptures. God speaks and gives us guidance and shows us history through his word. Let him talk to you through it. And I've said it time and time again that I'm amazed, you know, when I return to a passage, whether I, I know it off by heart or not, or how many times I've seen it, that God can speak or say something differently to me because of, of whatever life situation I'm in or wherever moment I am in my faith. Search the scriptures have Bible study as individuals and as a group. Talk with one another about how God is talking to you in the Bible. And then lastly is fasting. Spend time with the Lord. Fast from, from certain things in our lives so that we can deepen our faith. We've spoken of two up to this point life-changing, life-defining three-word statements. Here I am. And when we said those words, here I am, we were gathering at just the beginning of, of these uncertain times. And it's amazing to me that, that not even about 24 hours after that, things began to change. And I, I said those words to God, here I am. I don't know what the future has. I don't know how I can be used, but show me how I can feed your sheep and how I can make a difference in the community for your glory. It is discipleship in three words. Feed my sheep. Care for the lost. Care for the saved. Feed or teach and live out the truth and recognize that we all need a good and really a great shepherd who is our Lord. Let us give thanks to God. Let us listen to him and maybe you you've yet to really experience being fed the truth as that's found in jesus christ i i encourage you wherever you are right now to begin today to pray and to give thanks to god and to pray that he shows himself to you in, in great and amazing ways and that you would be fed spiritually through him and that you could then feed others as he called Peter to feed my sheep, may we take up that call as well as people of God. Praise the Lord.